this is a catalyst. I mean, it's a lot of yeah. things we've seen and known was, was coming, but this is a uh, this is a trigger into the new norm, and the new norm won't go away. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics, and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, folks? It is March 19th, 2020. To think, uh, just over a week ago, we were doing our coronavirus bonus edition of Manufacturing Happy Hour, where I was largely talking about yeah, we're going to see some supply chain disruptions. Yeah, we're probably going to see people re-strategizing. And gosh, how much have things changed in just over the course of slightly over a week? Right now, it's shelter in place here in San Francisco where I'm recording this. People are practicing social distancing all across California, all across North America right now, quite frankly, in many parts of the world. And a big thing is people have shifted to doing virtual events as a result of that, which brings us to a conversation that I had earlier today with the Manufacturing Happy Hour industry community. We hosted our first virtual happy hour uh, to accomplish a few things. There were two conversation topics we wanted to cover first. One, we wanted to get a sense for what we were all seeing in the industry right now. What was the general sentiment for the business climate? What were people seeing in their individual businesses? We wanted to have a little bit of a roundtable discussion around that. Second, we wanted to take the opportunity to talk about what good opportunities might be ahead and look at this from a glass half full perspective where we could and see how manufacturing might adapt to what we call the new normal. And then finally, a third element of this was since we are all practicing social distancing right now, we wanted to incorporate an element that would allow us to not be socially isolated. So we all brought a beer to this Zoom conversation where about 10 to 12 of us were there at any given time. And we had a little fun with it as well to give it that little happy hour element. Now, I didn't intend for this little event to be a podcast, but I felt the conversation was so strong and that my peers brought such great topics to the conversation that I just had to release it as a bonus episode. It's going to be a little different from our normal one-on-one interview with a leader in the manufacturing space, but nevertheless, here are three things you can expect from the conversation today. First, you're going to hear about the state of the industry from multiple perspectives. We had a really cool mix of folks on the call from marketers to recruiters, systems integrators, leaders of professional organizations. So you're going to get to hear that from a lot of different perspectives, not only in the context of what we're seeing in U.S. manufacturing, but manufacturing across the Americas as well. This was truly a global call. Second, we'll also talk about how the different industries are reacting because let's be honest, not every industry in manufacturing is doing the same thing right now. As you can imagine, medical is behaving differently than oil and gas right now. We get into semiconductor, we get into food and beverage. We cover quite a few different spaces and I think you'll enjoy seeing how the various groups within manufacturing are reacting right now. And then finally, I think this is one of the best parts about this conversation is that there is a true sense of optimism to how what we're going through right now, whether it's for two weeks, two months, however long it is, how it can bring positive change to the manufacturing sector. We talk about how this could be a catalyst for digitization on the plant floor as well as remotely. Then we get into e-commerce, e-learning, and enhancement in virtual events. We really do cover a lot of ground, and I hope that there is a lot to be excited for. Those are a few things you can expect from the conversation. While we do have a dynamic group of participants today, the one thing they do all have in common is they're all forward thinkers in the manufacturing sector, and they're all part of the manufacturing 
manufacturing happy hour industry community on LinkedIn. It's where, like we have the conversation today, where we have ongoing conversations in the comments thread in our LinkedIn group. So if you want to take part in discussions like this, whether it's on a Zoom call or whether it's on LinkedIn and online, you can do that by joining the manufacturing happy hour community at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash community. Now, another thing I'll preface this with is the audio quality today is going to be a little different from normally uh, what you'd normally expect. We're not necessarily mic'd up with proper microphones, so some of it sounds like it's coming through a phone connection, including myself. Shame on me. I didn't even hook up my microphone, but I think the conversation is so strong that you'll be able to excuse a couple of the hiccups in the audio. And uh, one last thing, um, typically I'd expect people to be listening to this when they're driving to and from their manufacturing place of work, but I know since everyone is really practicing social distancing right now and working from home, uh, maybe you can grab a beverage while you're listening to this episode if you're listening to it at the right time of day because I definitely overuse the word insight. I don't even know how many times I've said it, but you can make a fun little drinking game out of this by drinking every time your host says insight. And with that, that's enough banter for me here in the intro. Let's head off to our conversation with the manufacturing all-stars on the other end in our very first virtual manufacturing happy hour. Welcome to everyone on the call so far. The way I see this going today is since we're going to have probably about 10 people on the call, I was going to do kind of two rounds of questions to get everyone's sentiment on how things are going. And then do the second round of questions more on a positive note. Talk about ways this could be an opportunity either in the short run or the long run, just to get your impressions on that. Because everyone on this call, one is an esteemed contact of mine. I hold all of you in high regard and you all represent pretty a pretty diverse part of the industry um we have folks on from multiple countries on this call and in multiple industries so it'll be pretty interesting to hear what everyone has to say so for the people that i didn't get to say hello to yet jorge atch dave tim margaret welcome to the call we'll be doing intros here in just a second in the meantime we should probably do this appropriately, manufacturing happy hour style. Cheers, if you have a beverage in front of you. Welcome to the show. Hmm. And in fact, if you could do that one more time, I'll take a quick screenshot. I'd love to love to capture that. So Tim is pulling, pulling a beverage out. So raise those glasses, and then I'll do a countdown for a screenshot. In three, two, one. There we go. All right. You guys all look great. Tim, we caught you just in time. Nice work. With that, let's get the conversation started. We're at uh, two, four minutes in, so it should be a good time to keep the conversation going. So for this first round of the discussion, I'd love to you know go around, have everyone introduce themselves, where they're from, what they do. And then from there, if you could say how you're seeing the current situation impact business, maybe your company specifically, and maybe a story to illustrate that, whatever way you want to share that. The, the, what I'd like to do is get kind of an, a feel for the climate based on everyone's experiences and the things you're seeing for this first round. So I'll just go in order that I'm seeing the screen right now. So um, let's start with Michael Sullivan. All right, unmuted. Yeah, so uh, glad to meet everybody that I haven't met before, albeit virtually. But uh, no, as Chris said, Michael Sullivan, better known as Sully. Um, I'm an executive recruiter uh, with Miller Resource Group. So uh, we support uh, the automation and the manufacturing industry. Um, I lead specifically our factory automation, motion control, robotics, machine vision, you know, practice. So um, as you can imagine, this last week, pretty much been exclusively plugged in at home. Um, it's been really really good to hear both from the client and the candidate side of things. Um, people are, they're just rolling with the punches. I really can't think of a better way mm -hmm. to describe it. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're adapting, we're evolving. It's very fluid, but um, in terms of the overall climate, you know, we, we got open projects pretty much coast to coast right now. And nobody has really told us to completely stop the brakes like they're they're getting they're getting creative in you know the, the interview process right so travel bans are in place 
you know, sales guys, you know, can't get into factories and make their calls, but, you know, they're doing what they can. Um, and we're, you know, essentially just kind of waiting and seeing, but hopefully it's a short term, you know, kind of an issue. We've had a lot of offers actually go out this week um, that have been accepted. Um, the only thing that's really kind of to be determined are start dates, right? So yeah. companies, you know, as far as we can tell, companies are still hiring these critical positions, mm-hmm. you know, that need to be filled. And, and I almost want to say it's been business as usual, albeit from home. So. Great. Hey, thank you for offering some positivity there as well. Exciting to hear that. Um, the thing that stuck out to me there was that no one's completely hit the brakes yet. So that's reassuring. No. Um, let's go to Kurt next. You're in the, the top right of my screen right now. How are you doing today? Hey guys, Kurt Anderson. Uh, I'm in uh, Lakewood, New York, which is upstate. And uh, so my, my sticker, uh, my thing is uh, e-commerce. So I'm particularly like helping uh, custom manufacturers that kind of struggle um, trying to get new leads and what have you. A lot of uh, baby boomers or Gen X and they struggle. They're digital immigrants. And uh, so uh, it's a fun process of, of going through, trying to help them scale their preparatory process with e-commerce. So with that project that I'm working on right now, uh, yesterday we left uh, the office and our governor uh, Como announced that they're doing uh, you need to reduce your staff by 50%. So when we left last night, we're like, okay, how are we going to make this work? And then there was a press conference today at 11 o'clock and it went from 50% to 75%. So now every business in the state of New York needs to reduce staff by 70%. And uh, that is a, uh, uh, quite a challenge. So we're, we're struggling with that right now. So that's, that's uh, where we're at. And just for clarity, when you say reduce by 75%, like in terms of like in-office staff or people that can like be on site, is that, is that what you're saying? So they're, um, they're, they're saying in the workplace. Okay. Yep. So they're saying in the workplace. So on the shop floor, yeah. we're, we're, we're reducing by 75%, which is challenging. So, yeah, it's, it's things like that, that I see for the manufacturing industry, particularly that's where right. things will become a challenge. Right. Thank, thank you very much for sharing that, Kurt. Um, let's go to Jordan next. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Uh, Jordan Humphreys from the Heartland, little town called Greenwood, Indiana, just south of Indianapolis. Uh, I own my business, JMH Talent Solutions, doing recruiting much like uh, Soli and Atch here. So far, you know, people hiring, I think that we're still early in this. Um, I've, I've had a couple of ONG guys, one in the Gulf Coast. They've got, they're a smaller shop. They've got guys just sitting there. They need work. Uh, I had another one that's in the middle of America, ONG. And they at first were like, hey, it's a big unknown. We're not sure. This was last week. And now he is certified. He, he did say that he's on a hiring freeze and they're they're trying to uh, weather the storm. The ONG guys are, they're definitely, you know, used to ups and downs. I yeah. think they've got a good attitude, but they're probably hurting the most right now. The big three, the automakers, you know, them shutting down was kind of, we'll see, we'll see what that does. Hopefully we'll have a better uh, idea of the landscape in the coming weeks. There's just so much in the air right now. Yeah. I appreciate the specific reference to the oil and gas industry. I think that's a great point. That industry is used to seeing these kind of ups and downs. I'm going to jump to Vlad next. Vlad, how are we doing up north of the border? Chris, doing good, doing good. So, um, yeah, my name is Vlad, currently based out of Montreal, Canada. I work for a small systems integration company, amongst uh, a few other things. So, yeah, we primarily service uh, food and beverage companies. And uh, as far as uh, our business goes, everything has been uh, business as usual. We still have projects planned for the summer. There hasn't been any differences per se. I guess the travel has been impacted, but we're doing a lot of remote work, uh, which we have been anyways, because we're primarily rolling out MES and OE solutions. 
So a lot of, of it would be, you know, like a, a visit on site for a couple of weeks, gathering all the information, and then we go back and kind of do a lot of remote work, and then we deploy the system. So as far as I'm concerned, um, if anything, that has been the positive of some of these companies trying to, you know, create this atmosphere when you can't, where they, they're accepting a lot more of uh, remote work. And uh, during the summer, like I said, we still have projects that are coming up. There hasn't been any cancellations as far as uh, I'm concerned. And I guess maybe uh, my question back to you, Chris, on the auto industry, it's interesting to hear that they're shutting down. And I'm wondering if there's anything maybe different in the process that makes them a bit more vulnerable to what's going on than other industries. But um, yeah, on my end, food and beverage is doing great. Obviously, the stocks have been... Uh, less than stellar in the last couple of weeks, but um, like I said, the projects are still moving along and we're doing uh, good as far as business is concerned. Yeah, as I'll offer whatever insights I can here. So I'll, I'll echo what you're saying about the food and beverage industry a little bit. I mean, that's a space where regardless of how good or bad times are, people still have to eat. So that industry tends to be a little less cyclical from the executives I've talked to in that space before, projects will just get delayed for a while. They'll sit on capital for a while. They'll wait for things to come back. But then what I've heard in the food and beverage industry, particularly if you're like an OEM or a company that serves those end users, you need to be poised for some heavy quoting activity when you come out of it at that point. For automotive, you know, that's, I'm trying to think, I don't know if we have anyone who's, if anyone has some more automotive experience on this call, please raise your hand. Okay, Dave Griffith, we'll, we'll get down to you. We'll actually jump to you next since you might be able to answer this better. I know during the 20, 2008 recession, you know, a car is one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I'll just drive my current car three or four years longer than I normally would. That's kind of at the very end of the process, though, but why those manufacturers are shutting down first versus other manufacturers, I can't give a full answer to that. But Dave, I'll let you introduce yourself next. and If you have some insights to that, I'd love to hear them. Sure. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name's Dave Griffith. I've spent most of the last decade in various parts of this industry. have been working remotely for the last three years, kind of all over the place. And for the last eight or nine months, have been working for myself in a consultant uh, type basis. And I handle and work with a handful of clients as we kind of take and bring those industry for those digital transformation projects to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, and then specifically to talk about the automotive. So uh, a handful of hours before the news broke nationally, I was talking to some of my automotive guys um, out in Ohio and that was completely expected. So the union had asked the automotive manufacturers to shut down for two or three weeks, mostly to prevent any potential spread of the virus. And my general understanding of the automotive similar to a few months ago when kind of one after the other after the other, the big three mm -hmm. were shutting down because of negotiation issues. Mm -hmm. They have numbers and targets that they need to hit and they can ramp up or down production based off of those numbers that they need to hit. So I don't think for those guys, because it's planned downtime, that two or three weeks is going to kill them. Yeah. I think that if in two or three weeks we don't go back into it and we're not seeing them come back, th then that's the point in time to specifically worry about those guys. Good. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. I should have known the OEE expert would have been the one to uh, fill us in on, on planned downtime and where that fits into the auto industry. Any other observations you're seeing, Dave? I know I had a specific question for you there, but anything else jumping into mind? So I've done a lot of talking to a lot of people over the last week and a half. Um, as everyone is kind of echoing, I think the oil and gas people are hurting. Um, I think it was kind of the one-two punch as everyone was saying. But again, I don't think that that's necessarily uncommon in this industry. You know, a month ago when I was having conversations with guys who focused primarily on oil and gas, they were saying, you know, you know, in West Texas and Midland, you know, $100 million worth of oil flows through Midland every single day, almost regardless of how much, uh, almost regardless of what the dollar value looks like. So yeah. there's still a lot of money that flows through there. Mm -hmm. um, kind of similar to a lot of people having to work from home, it will be the question of, you know, how many people do I need? Does this, you know, 10th or 11th or 200th person provide enough value to continue to have them on the payroll? You know, we might have to get leaner, 
but this, and this is like the first time since 2008, 2009, that we're doing something that doesn't involve pump every single gallon of gas and oil that we possibly can. So for these guys, it's, it's a huge shift in thought process, but it's something that everyone is known is going to happen. I don't think everyone knew that it was going to happen in March of 2020, but I, I think that it's something that everyone knew it was going to happen. Uh, kind of beyond that, it, it generally seems to be uh, business as normal. I think we'll know in a couple weeks or a couple months if we're putting, you know, five, six, seven figure CapEx expenditures on hold for the time being. Mm -hmm. similar to what Kurt was talking about. I think we're going to see, and I say this because this is my opinion, not to sound opportunistic. I think we're going to see lots of people go to more of digital solutions because we're not going to be able to have as many people on the manufacturing floor because we're not going to have uh, all of those older people that have 30, 40 years of experience with these machines. We're going to have to find some way to take that tribal knowledge put it into the system, into the platform and allow us to continue to run if that person cannot be in there because there's not a replacement. There isn't a drag and drop solution to that. So we're going to have to find ways to move on from that. Yeah, I think that's a great insight that this is really, you know, not only from like a work from home standpoint, but it is really going to highlight the need for digital solutions and more remote information solutions we're about halfway through the intros right now. So I did want to take a quick moment, raise a glass to all of you so far. Great insights. <laughs> Cheers to all of you. We'll have a sip and then Cheers. keep on rolling. Mm. So I'm going to go out of order now. I like some of the industry conversations we've had. We've been talking about automotive, talked about oil and gas. Next, I'd like to move to Margaret, if you're available. You are right in the thick of the semiconductor industry. So if you'd like to go next, we'd love to hear what you do and what you're seeing from that space. Sure. Um, I'm not going to put my camera on because I'm, I was kind of in the middle of dinner. So no worries. <laughs> no worries. Here, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, so um, I'm Margaret Kindling. I'm a senior program manager at SEMI. So we're the trade association that represents uh, microelectronics, um, mm -hmm. so semiconductors. And uh, as Chris said, we kind of are in the thick of things here. Um, as an association, um, we have, um, we felt this significantly, um, starting with the cancellation of a large trade show in Korea. Um, and then we took the precaution, well, earlier on, to cancel our China show, which would have been held this week, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. Subsequently, we've, we've canceled regional events across the country, again, out of an abundance of caution. And also, as our members have been telling us that, you know, they're just not traveling. Um, yeah. So you can't have an event if you don't have any attendees and if you don't have any speakers. Um, unfortunately, and Chris, you're familiar with the program, the most recent one that we've had to cancel is ASMC, which is our manufacturing conference in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. um, we are hoping to reschedule that particular uh, program for August. Again, that's how it, it's impacting us. We organize expos and events, get you know professionals together to network. So that's hitting us hard. Um, yeah. What we're trying to do, as far as our members are concerned, is to gather as much information and provide you know, best practices, opportunities for virtual events like this. So going online, um, it's really forcing us to do that. Unfortunately, I think it's, there's still going to be a need for people to get together face-to-face. Mm -hmm. So that will be the challenge. What I've heard that is, is positive and um, I guess similar to gas and oil, we are also a cyclical industry. Um, right. um, I don't think, at least in the 30 years that I've been at SEMI, I've never seen anything like this. Um, SARS did not impact us the same way um, mm -hmm. because it was fairly concentrated in Asia. Um, Anyway, some good news I heard this morning is that, you know, uh, companies are trying to uh, maintain some sort of manufacturing level um, and that some of my um, members here in the U.S. who have colleagues in Asia, they're seeing people going back to work in China and Japan. So that's a positive. Yeah, that's one thing I've been trying to pay attention to, just where 
the coronavirus outbreak started, how things are, I wouldn't, I would, saying return to normal is a very bold statement to make, but at least going in that direction more so than getting worse. So, um, yeah, and it's so in, in general, yeah, I think we've all felt the, uh, the situation of a conference getting canceled or an event getting canceled at this point. I don't think there's anyone that's not in that boat anymore. Um, overall, do you see the semiconductor industry, you know, going, do, is this going to be one of the cyclical um, valleys for this industry or do you think it could swing back to a peak pretty soon? What are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't say pretty soon. Um, somebody this morning who's an analyst for the materials side of the business, um, he said that, you know, we could potentially be looking at a, um, a short-term recession um, that is L-shaped rather than U-shaped. And that's of concern. Um, but I think he was talking in broader terms mm -hmm. um, with the, you know, the bottom part of the L being kind of longer. Yeah. Um, so, I think it. I think it all depends upon how how quickly companies can ramp up. I've seen I've seen reports saying that things would look good in 2021. Um, okay. So I think it all depends upon if this comes back next fall, right? Um, and there's still so many unknowns. I think with regard to this virus, my fear is is that uh, in the short term that companies will use this as far as impacting semi as a reason to really cut back on things like travel, non-essential travel, what they might be considering that. Makes sense. I appreciate the L insight as well, thinking about this downslope being a little longer before things wrap up. Margaret, thanks for sharing all the insights in the, the semi space. We're going to keep moving through. We're doing good on time so far. Uh, Tim, I know you're looking like you're in the middle of cooking something right now in your kitchen, but if you're, if, if you're able to uh, speak up, we'd like to give you the floor for a second. Sure. Like, uh, like everybody else, right? We're working from home, family of five, and it's, uh, it's dinner time, so I'm doing the steaks, so I'll, I'll be quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim Shope. I'm a director of digital transformation for Avid Solutions, and uh, as far as what we're seeing in the industry, we serve only about 60, 65% of what we do today is in life sciences. Uh, so obviously, depending on what sector of life sciences, there is a huge push for production right now. I mean, if you're manufacturing IV bags or, or um, single-use consumables, there's a massive push for that, as well as the, uh, the pulp and paper industry is wide open. I mean, they had a number of uh, scheduled uh, two- and three-week annual outages uh, at a number of mills that I'm aware of that uh, they have postponed and pushed into the fall uh, just so that they can um, produce, you know, it, you can't find tissue paper on a, on a store shelf today. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, everybody's ordering everything from Amazon rather than going to the store today. So, you know, that's more, um, more container board uh, getting used and consumed. And I think the one thing we're seeing from our own personal business being a system integrator is, as a number of people have already commented on is, you know, um, going to essential personnel only on site uh, as we're exercising some projects, if we got projects near um, installation, commissioning, startup, et cetera, you know, how are we going to accomplish those things with minimal uh, resources on site? We're exploring a number of uh, different technologies to enable some of that, whether we leverage, uh, resources that are currently on site uh, with some wearables uh, and uh, some uh, remote deployable, remote connectivity section. I'm sorry, I got to put the steaks out of the oven. Try not to get burned while I talk. Uh, <laughs> All good. Be safe. Be safe. Steaks are important too. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. Anyway, so we are we are actively pursuing a number of technologies that we were already looking at, but we're uh, we're combining and boxing up some solutions that we can literally drop ship mail to a uh, customer facility, they plug it in, it gets a northbound connection, and it will auto-configure the southbound side for us, which can allow us remote connectivity, essentially, you know, put our guys on site without being on site. And with that, we're probably going to ship some wearables so that we can see what they see mm -hmm. and vice versa. So I think uh, to a lot of the comments, right, the, uh, the digital enablement, this is a uh, this is a catalyst. I mean, it's a lot of things we've seen and known was, was coming, but this is a uh, this is a trigger into the new norm, and the new norm won't go away. Right. 
yeah. we might return back, but uh, I think once we cross this bridge, the way we operate will change forever. Yeah, that's that's a great insight, echoing some of the things Dave had to say about uh, remote data information. Love the idea around the wearables. I'll let you get back to your stakes there, Tim. We'll come back around to you uh, right. around two if you're still there. In I'll the save you a bite. But <laughs> sounds good. In the meantime, um, we got Jeff, Jorge, and Andrew still up. So we'll go in that order. Jeff, we'll pass it to you next. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for uh, putting this together. This is fun. Uh, I'm in uh, Dayton, Ohio here. I own a small marketing agency that uh, caters mostly to manufacturing companies. So we specialize in three things, uh, video marketing, website design and development. And then what we're seeing a lot of interest in is like e-learning. Uh, for obvious reasons, you know, to shift a lot of that digital training uh, information offload to, to online stuff. Um, so we even had a, um, a large training company reach out to us. We have a meeting set for uh, next week. They've been bombarded with, with some different things. So, sure. yeah, I mean, same thing with what you guys are saying. The, the clients I've talked to are, I think I would say cautiously optimistic. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, we hope the best case happens, of course. You know, we're seeing what's happening in China and some of the numbers are, are decreasing with, with new cases, if you can believe them. Um, you know, so we're hoping that, that it is short-lived. I think the economic impact will be the one that really, really uh, hits everybody. It's, uh, you know, I've been trying to even reach out and help. Uh, I have a friend who's a single mom who lost her job yesterday and trying to even um, work with different industries than I normally do, like restaurants, and try to figure out some digital solutions there to help them with online ordering and pickup. Um, we had all of our restaurants close on Sunday night um, here in Ohio. So it's, you know, just trying to figure out how to help people really. That's kind of my, my new strategy. Yeah. I mean, that's always been my strategy, but like I've focused on like, okay, I don't care if it makes money. How can we help you? <laughs> right. Right. I, you know, I have noticed, I mean, people posting on LinkedIn, just saying, Hey, here are my skills. If I can help anyone, let me know. Like I've, I've, I've seen, I've definitely seen that just kind of giving attitude right yeah. now to simplify that. You made a great point. E-learning is huge right now. I just signed up for a couple more Coursera courses because I knew I'd be around here, not traveling as much, trying to develop my marketing prowess. So e-learning is enough, is going to be another big opportunity out there for anyone, anyone involved in that. Appreciate the insights, Jeff. I have been ordering from the restaurants in my area for the like the curbside <laughs> pickup as well too, because you know I'm I'm a salaried corporate guy, but those industries are really hurting right now. Oh, so yeah, they're devastated. Yeah. If you do order out, tip well. That would be my uh, my insight <laughs> there. But that's hardly manufacturing related. Jorge, let's go to you. You're down in Brazil. I'd be interested to get some insights from south of the equator as well. Yeah, so uh, what's up, guys? I'm George Rosa from uh, Latin America, based in Brazil, work for Rock Automation, sales and, and marketing. Mm -hmm. So here, it's it's very hard to predict yet because, it's a, let's say, it's a just beginning, right? But as you know, at in other regions, uh, people tend to, you know, start panic, right? So if you go to a supermarket right now, you possibly see some, you know, uh, things missing on a shelf and things like that. Uh, one thing that you used to you used to pay five dollars for this now it's fifty, right? Yeah. So it's it's but at, at, at the other side you see very you know multinational companies like AB Bad that they produce this the beer they are kind of a shifting the production line to produce this to support the crisis. You know what I mean? So it's a very good initiative. Uh, you see uh, companies like Cisco opening the, the, you know, the, the WebEx for free for everybody, you know, so you, you see that. Uh, you, you also see some, some countries in, in Latin America, they are closing the borders. Uh, for example, Argentina. So Argentina is closing the border and 40% of everything that uh, Brazil exports is to Argentina. So this probably will affect the economy as well. Yeah. But what we see mainly in, on, on food and bev and life science, you know, they start to increase production, right? Because, you know, as you start to, you know, empty the supermarket shelves with the, with the, the products, so they need to, you know, accelerate the, the production. 
So we mainly have, a, let's say, as a target to get, get in touch with those customers and, and make us available to support them uh, in every, anything that they need. Uh, but right now, the direction is so we cancel all the main events, uh, mainly, I'm not going to say all the sales calls, but, you know, most of them uh, due to, you know, the, the virus and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the government, they are taking actions. For example, uh, ne- next week, they're going to close all the shopping malls and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to see big changes in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortunately, I'm, I will start my vacation uh, tomorrow, 20 days, so to be at home. Uh, but so do the, the kids, right? So, but one good thing is you get all the family together, right? Mm-hmm. But the bad thing is the kids drive their wife crazy and they drive you crazy, right? Yeah. So kind of, you know, but live and learn, right? I'm surprised it took us this long to get into the personal and family aspects of everything going on right now. I know yeah. pretty much, I don't know, most, most of the folks on this call have, uh, have, have kids. So I'm, I'm in the boat that is, is not managing that, but I can only imagine everything else everyone else is going through right now to manage your life as well as the, those of others. So also great insights there, Jorge, on the impact of border closings as well as Industries that are shifting up, like you mentioned, beer manufacturers going to switch from beer to, you know, producing Purell. I imagine there's a little more complexity to that than just uh, just that part of the process. But and then, like you said, the medical industry, I've been interested to hear, um, you know, how that's going. I've already been talking to a couple of the folks I work with just about how that could be an opportunity where that industry is going to have to ramp up really quickly. Um, we had one other person join, Randy Curtis. We'll get to you here in a bit, but let's keep rolling through. Ash, we'll uh, talk to you next, and then Randy, we'll finish up round one with you. Yeah, hey, guys. So um, I'm Ash. So my real name's Andrew, uh, but most people call me Ash, just a nickname I've had for the last, like, 10 years. Um, so I actually work with Sully at Miller Resource Group. So him and I are on the same team, uh, but I specialize more in the packaging and food processing side. Um, so I'll try not to repeat too much of what Sully said, but um, in terms of our active searches that we had going on before this occurred, uh, they're, they're still going. Um, our, our goal is to just get creative with the interview process. So we're, we're pressing a lot of video conferences, and I know um, our boss even was thinking about how to do a virtual tour of the facility, whether it's literally someone walking around with a GoPro or FaceTiming someone and just walking them through everything. I'm just trying to figure out different ways to still stay connected, um, even though they're far away. And um, even though I'm in the food processing space, I've found a lot of companies are still shutting down or um, whoever said earlier about having to cut staff 75%, we're seeing that a lot too. Um, so it, it's kind of just adapting. And I um, mean, some companies are starting to explore, like what Jorge was saying, um, instead of you know manufacturing beer, switching to Purell. Um, so in, in terms of hiring, we are... We're waiting and seeing what happens, um, but but fortunately, there are still companies that have those critical needs um, that we're here for them. So great insights! I love the specific example around virtual tours as well. That's a great idea, and it just—I mean, if the the number one theme I'm hearing so far is the shift to digitization, just in yeah. whether it's interviews, whether it's learning, whether it's information on the plant floor. We have almost made it through round one. Round two will be a little shorter when we talk about what we're excited about ahead. But Randy, I know you joined a little late. If you have an opportunity, what we're doing is we're introducing ourselves, where we're from, what we do, and then sharing what we've, you know, how we've seen work from home and the coronavirus in general impact your industry and the, the your business in general so far. Hey, how's that? You look great. You look great. Welcome. I just, to got the- a, I just got a new laptop, and uh, I had an old Dell. It was actually so old it didn't even have a camera. So. Uh, I uh, just figured out how to use this one. But uh, yeah, thanks for letting me join up. I'm Randy Curtis. I know Chris through uh, Rockwell. We are a customer of his. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, a, I guess we'd be uh, most uh, described as a systems integrator, automation and robotics uh, company, user of PLCs, if you will. I'm sitting in Pleasanton, California. We're on total uh, shelter in place here. So not, not much uh, out on the roads and the freeways and downtown, not too many people out. 
I'm director of business development for the company. It's about an 80 person, mostly engineering driven company mm -hmm. in uh, robotics and automation. I was just on a conference with my company in internal meeting. And even though it was a kind of marketing and sales meeting, we were talking about just that. I think over the years, at least at my company, engineers are often allowed to work from home. Our sales guys, including myself, are pretty much remote, even though I live within 15 miles of the office. So our feeling is we're already pretty well accustomed to doing a lot of the admin, sales, engineering work uh, remotely and, and, are, and, and, and do that regularly. So we feel like we were pretty well prepared to do it. The manufacturing side of our business, there's limits on what we can do there. Mm -hmm. But so far, uh, even though it's only we've only been on this uh, sort of shelter in place now since Monday or Tuesday, we're already feeling like our customers aren't as, as up to it as we are. So uh, that's, that's been a little bit of the awakening that responses are really slow. And uh, a couple customers, I, I'd say that we have that I, I would say not the best organized internally, even when they're all in the same building. And this has made it a lot worse for them. Got so. it. So as a company, you're saying Owen's design is, has been more equipped to weather this storm a little more than you're finding from some of your clients, right? Yeah, I think a little bit better prepared. Um, yeah. We're used to it. We, we use a lot of GoTo and WebEx and Zoom already uh, when we can't meet um, directly in the offices, but we're really seeing our customers may not be as uh, prepared for this as we had hoped. I was I was just thinking it'll be really interesting. This will really show what a lot of organizations are made of. And I also think it will show who are the war, wartime leaders and who are the peacetime leaders as well. In fact, I might even try to do a little mini series where I interview some wartime CEOs, for lack of a better word, just to get some insights on how people lead through these these type of scenarios. So Randy, I appreciate the overview. We'll come back to you here in a bit for after round two, but for this next part, we got about 20 minutes left. So this will probably be a little shorter than round one anyway. What I'd love to hear is as we finish, as we get through this second half of the conversation is some optimism. What are we excited about? What are some opportunities that we think are ahead? We've touched on many of these before throughout this conversation, but I'll start with our East Coasters this time because I know both, both, at least two of them are in the middle of dinner right now. So, Tim, we'll start off with you on this one in case you have to hop off. What are you excited about ahead? I think uh, my previous comments are kind of my optimism as well, right? I think this is a trigger point for the digital transformation that we've all said has been coming. I think it's going to empower new uh, developments and new use of technology that we have not thought of in the past, right? I mean, is how do you deliver an automation project with minimal risk or minimal exposure to a site yeah. with remote viewable wearables uh, that can combine augmented reality? How do you train those operators, right? Everything that we've talked about from a digital strategy thing, I am, I'm super excited about those opportunities finally getting the real chance to be leveraged and to, and to, and to show the benefits that they can provide. That's, yep. that's the positive that I see coming out of this. Right there with you. Right there with you. Well, Tim, thanks for the insights. We're going to go to Margaret next. What are you excited about that could be on the horizon? So I, I guess I would have to echo what Tim said. Um, you know, some of the exciting stuff that's going on with AI and uh, smart manufacturing. Um, that I think will probably um, accelerate given what we've experienced now, what we will experience in the coming months. So I think that's, that's very exciting um, to see where that goes and how quickly it goes. Um, this morning I was on a call and it was a little bit glitchy and I said, you know, I wish they had moved a little faster on 5G. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think those are I think those are really exciting opportunities, at least for our members. You know, being kind of at the 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 beginning of of all the microelectronics, right? Um, and see mm -hmm. how they can design new chips to implement some of these uh, exciting new developments. That's, that's an excellent point because as as someone that serves the semiconductor industry, I always picture smart manufacturing from how can we make 
manufacturing the semiconductor space smarter, but it's the semiconductor industry that's manufacturing the chips that's going to allow us to make everything smarter as well. So great, great 5G comment there as well. Margaret, I appreciate, uh, appreciate all the insights today. You're welcome. Let's see, we're going to go kind of back in, in the order that we started with now, just so we can allow the folks that have been sitting, sitting there quietly for a little while to chime back in. Sully, let's go back to the top of the order. What are you excited about? I'm excited about, you know, I think really a lot of our clients and, and companies maybe aren't the best at embracing, you know, technology, we'll say. There's still a lot of old school, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, interviewing and, and you know, how they attract talent, how they, uh, you know, find talent, things like that. So, I mean, just this, this, uh, this little get together here that you're doing, I mean, you know, how, how cool to be, you know, for, you know, more companies to be doing this, you know, having all of the executives, you know, interviewing candidates, you know, at one time like this and, and, and not, you know, there's travel and I'm always trying to make travel arrangements and all well, you know, he likes Southwest and you're flying him American and, you know, it gets this big, it opens up a can of worms. So I, I think companies are really going to be forced when it comes to, you know, the interviewing process and just how they're managing it. Um, I think really this is going to have to force them to, to kind of be a little bit more, uh, you know, technology. Um, I think they're just going to have to embrace it. It's not going anywhere. Great point. Um, Kurt, let's go back to you. Yeah, well, first off, thanks, Chris, for putting this together. This is awesome. I've absolutely loved everybody's comments. Very powerful, very insightful. So thank you to everybody for your comments. Uh, quickly, I'm, uh, I'm an e-commerce evangelist, and I think there's incredible opportunities uh, for manufacturers. I've been hanging in e-commerce since 1995, which makes me really old. And uh, so it's, and, and as we've kind of touched on, uh, the resistance or so you're talking about a little bit like uh, the resistance of technology with the baby boomers or manufacturers, uh, kind of that's their MO. So it's great. Kind of, this might be, you know, this is like a, a way of like, Hey, time out. And if there's like in New York here, uh, we're preparing, like we actually feel like the government's going to probably close, close businesses over the weekend. Uh, or soon, you know, we're down to 75%. So we're expecting soon. It is an opportunity to kind of re, re look at your business differently and look at new opportunities and branding. And Jeff was talking about digital and, and uh, marketing. There's a lot of exciting opportunities. And you're really spearheading that, Chris. I really commend and love what you're doing with, uh, with your, your efforts. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I think there's, there needs to be more collaboration in the manufacturing industry. That's why I love doing this because I, the other spaces I play in right now are the podcasting space and the beer industry. And those industries are inherently collaborative because in many ways, those are in all ships rise with the tide industries. And I don't think manufacturing is non unique to that. I think there are elements that we're not taking advantage of, but especially out here in Silicon Valley, where there's always this attitude of everything's proprietary, even when some things don't need to be proprietary or super secretive. It just kind of transcends the rest of our industry. But I appreciate everyone being so open today on their insights as well. I'm learning a lot as I go. I hope you all are too. Jordan, let's take it back to you for your closing insights and what you're excited for. Yeah, to, to piggyback off of Tim, uh, the transformation digital, um, you know, with industry 4.0, getting smart factories. Um, I would say necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. And the longer we're shut down is the catalyst. Um, the longer, if it's months, we're going to have, we're going to exit out of this a little bit differently. The landscape will be a little bit different once we have that U recovery, whatever type of recovery we have. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and from the outside perspective, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but I think it was Universal Pictures. One of the big movie companies basically said, hey, we've got some movies out right now. We've got some big ones being released in the future. Uh, looks like we're going to be under quarantine. So what we're going to do is go to our digital um, platforms, our Amazons, uh, you know, anybody that's streaming and put those directly on release so that you don't have to go to the theater. You can still be quarantined and it's 20 bucks. So, yeah. or a family of four like myself, we're 60 to 70 bucks for tickets alone. Then you get popcorn, drinks, you're at close to a hundred bucks for a family of four. Mm -hmm. Now, at the comfort of my own home, 
I can pay $20. I can pause it when I want. I can mm -hmm. go up to the bathroom when I want. I can pop my own popcorn when I want. Yeah. So the longer that we're under things like this, the lockdown, um, we're going to come up with some very innovative ways uh, to get around this. And, and like what Tim was saying, you know, we're set up for the digital transformation. And this is kind of like, you know, someone grabbing you before you know how to swim putting water wings on throwing you in the deep end of the pool and say, Hey, learn how to swim. So <laughs> once we get out of this, I think it's going to be very exciting to see what the positives that came out of it. For sure. I love the outside of industry example with the movie industry. I love the quote. Um, Necessity is the mother of invention. I wrote that down. Appreciate yeah. those insights, Jordan. Um, Thank you next, guys. We're going to, we're going to go to Vlad next. Vlad, what are, what are we, pumped about that's coming up or could be coming yeah, I, mean, I think some excellent points have been already made. Uh, I think the only point that I did want to add since I'm in that space as well is e-learning. And I think um, mm -hmm. if I uh, remember Jeff Long made a statement that some of his uh, customers are reaching out for that as well. And I really hope that uh, companies understand kind of the importance not only to advance the skills of their employees as, you know, these tough times, shift, I guess, the, the workforce, but also digitalize those platforms and kind of make those um, e-learning uh, events available. And just like, I think like manufacturing events in general, you know, it's uh, really great to be able to go to, let's say like Rockwell Live, but uh, due to maybe these difficulties that may not happen, but there's still an opportunity, I think, to build these events uh, online and they could just have as much of an impact. And I think that that's you know, the change that we're going through and maybe some of these companies will take a bit longer to adapt, but I think it's going to be a change for the positive because more people are going to be able to attend the events. They're going to be a little bit more affordable. I'm hoping for, you know, the masses not to speak uh, for myself, but I know some of the, the people that I speak to from different countries are just sometimes unable to reach those events for whatever reason. So I'm hoping, you know, uh, this kind of uh, negative impact will bring some of those, uh, companies to react and uh, impact those people in a very positive way. And I'm sure it will take a little bit of time, but we'll get there. I'm definitely very positive about the future. Yeah, Vlad, I think a, a great point you made there, and, and this goes for some of the things Margaret said as well. I think we're going to see more robust virtual events in the future. Like that's been an option, but it's kind of, I don't want to say it's been a throwaway option, but it's in, you know, when I see it, it's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go or I'm not going to go. It's either or. Now I think we're going to see an increase in quality of what a virtual ticket looks like and more people are going to take advantage of that. So another cool insight. Um, let's keep rolling. Dave, I think you are up next. So I was thinking about it eight or nine years ago, I built an aircraft manufacturing facility on a wall in a conference room because that was literally the best way I could possibly think of how to do it. Mm -hmm. And we built it on the wall of the conference room. And I remember printing all this stuff out and safety pinning it to the, the wall and literally took this thing over for three or four months because at that point in time, it was literally the best way anyone had to do it. And when we pitched it, it was a hundred and something slides on a PowerPoint slide. And I have spent most every moment from that point trying to figure out what is better and to get to the top of the industry. If it's industry four, if it's digital transformation, whatever we want to call that. And as I've gotten there and learned all those things and read all the McKinsey and Deloitte reports talking about, oh, in the next 10 years, we're going to have 50, 100 million trillion dollars worth of manufacturing uh, investment. The question has always been, you know, I talk to these manufacturers every day where what is going to be the point at which we see that. And I legitimately think that this is the point before that it was five to 10 years from now when leadership moves on or dies out or transitions out and we get the next new blood coming in. But I think that the tipping point is literally here now at this moment. And I think everyone who is having these conversations is in the right point of mind and is at the right point in order to help manufacturing facilities and to help other facilities kind of make that move into, uh, into the next into the next point. Um, I'm just going to make two quick points outside of that. Chris, okay. I liked what you talked about, about the, the wartime leadership versus the, the peaceful time leadership. I actually mm -hmm. wrote a 
posts talking about how literally what we need right now is leadership and leadership has to literally lead and look at investing money so that when we come back, because we will come back, be it a couple of weeks or six months from now, mm-hmm. the landscape is going to be completely different. So I, I really like that. Um, and then just so everyone knows, I, I have made the offer out on LinkedIn. If you guys or a manufacturing facility or someone that you know is looking like they need to ramp up production, I've done that one or two times and please feel free to reach out and connect us and i would be more than willing to sit down and have a a free consultation with those guys to uh to see what we can do i think that there is enough talent that is currently sitting on the market to be able to make some big moves for people that need to make moves yeah appreciate the offer um by the way one thing i will do for everyone on this call i was going to send out an email to everyone that attended and you know you're welcome to connect with one another on linkedin i think almost all of you are part of the manufacturing happy hour industry community on linkedin and you're quite frankly you're all the more active members there if you're not i'll have a link to that as well where you can sign up so that way we can all stay connected and keep sharing ideas because this this will not be the last one of these that we do. I think we'll have some more pointed discussion topics in the future. So yes, we'll, Dave, we'll make sure there are ways to, to link up with you on that. Looking at the group, it looks like, did we lose Jeff? We might've lost Jeff. Um, yeah, Jeff made a note. He said he had to run to another oh, shoot, Zoom call. I, I wish I would have gotten to him before then. All right. Well, um, in that case, uh, Jorge, will go to you next. And then Ash, we will go to you. And then Randy, that'll be the order for the, the final round. Yeah, yeah. My, 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 my takeaways and something that I want to share is, uh, you know, besides all the technology and, the, you know, having more robust digital events and industry 4.0, remote access and those kind of stuff, I see this more as opportunity and bring it to the other side to grow as a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now, what I, I don't know in North America, but people go to the supermarket, they're buying everything, mm-hmm. right? Every food that they can, can, you know, they can buy. And they don't think about the, the other ones. You know what I mean? So they, you know, but you don't see that kind of behavior in Japan, for example, mm-hmm. right? So it's an opportunity to, to learn how we behave, uh, you know, during the crisis like, like that. So as I, I shared the example of AB and BAB, right? They, they shifted kind of a product they're producing, the, the hand sanitizers, but they are giving for free to the hospitals. And even they, they built a tent near my, 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 my home and giving a kind of three or four samples per person. You know what I mean? So this kind of stuff that we uh, tend to see more and more and hope to see, and then we can you know, grow as human being and, and, and start to support the you know, at least as in a community. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree with that. That's a really interesting point about lo- observing how people react in a, like in a crisis, whether that's individually or culturally. Um, one thing what you just said made me think of um, in terms of how some companies are trying to use this as an opportunity to do good and help out. There's a, there's a really simple Mr. Rogers quote where someone says, you know, what do you do in a bad situation? And, it's, and he says, look for the helpers. There's always someone helping. So I hope that's a theme of what all of us are trying to do over the course of uh, course of these events coming up, regardless of how short or long they are. So thanks for the insights, Jorge. Uh, Ash, let's go back to you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just excited about, you know, I'm really excited about what's to come. So I have a couple of things um, on this. So I think more of this, Chris, I'm really excited that you put this together as much as I, I do love enjoy spending time with my family. It's kind of a nice little breakaway for a, a few minutes. Because um, when you're not in Chicago, I mean, Sully and I don't have an opportunity to see you. I mean, it's cool, obviously, the text and email, but, but this obviously means a, a lot more. And, you know, as we begin to shift onto digital transformation and then even more automation, it's going to lead to more jobs because you're going to need more engineers and then that's going to lead to more salespeople. And that's where, you know, people like Jordan Sully and I come in to help. And I think too, the, the virtual hiring process, what that's going to look like on whether it's panel interviews like this, or you have a candidate and then five or six execs on, or you can even have the person talk to everybody without having to fly them out on virtual tours. And um, our, our president, Gary Miller had this question that I just keep thinking about over and over again. And it's, are we heading to a phase in, in hiring where companies hire people 
without them ever meeting each other in person. And I think that's kind of fascinating to think about. Um, so I, I don't know if it's possible. Um, it'll probably take a few to kind of get it going, but I think that that's the direction we might be heading towards. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I, man, I'm just trying to think of how I would imagine like hiring someone without having like had a meal with them or I guess for the theme. No, exactly. (laughs) If I can can offer a perspective, we actually did hire uh, two engineers that way and they've been successful, right? Because we're still a small company and we are working remotely quite a bit. Okay. As long as we can feel that connection with the candidate over like a, we actually had a zoom call with uh, the two candidates and I think it went well with uh, both of them up until now. So it's definitely possible. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it is possible, but it's just that like initial period where everyone's a little uncomfortable with it, where it's like, you know, you can't really get a good feel for someone, but at the same time, if they're working remotely, then, you know, you can just obviously communicate this way. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point, Vlad, because you have more of a remote company. Like it would make sense that you might be able to hire someone remotely without having met with them. And I think as we, you know, if and assuming this does happen, we see a shift towards more of that more remote work culture, we would get more remote hires. That's just, that's just a guess on my end, but I, I love the, the back and forth on that. Great ideas. Um, let's see, Randy, you are up next. What are you okay. excited about? Yeah, just real quick. I, I uh, had a couple of meetings last week. Um, sorry about that. And, uh, in the office before we went on the lockdown that were encouraging, but I, on one hand, I, a couple of encouraging comments I'll share, but I wouldn't necessarily want to make a trend out of it just yet. But mm-hmm. I think in, in the meetings, once the customer came and, and sat down uh, to uh, present a project they wanted us to help them with, I, I just asked them on a point blank, what it, why are you here now? And uh, asked both of them that last week. And they both said, well, due, due to the virus, the company's changing travel plans and they're really encouraging uh, their, their people to work more locally with vendors. So here we sit in Silicon Valley, that's our main market. Mm-hmm. 80% of our business is within 20 miles. So I thought both of those comments were really encouraging. As frankly, on the other side of it, I, I, at this stage of my career, I don't need to see, see another Hampton Inn or Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> Less, less travel is better for my end too. Just working locally, so I, I'm pretty excited about that. If uh, that really sticks, sure, sure, yeah. I think uh, it'll be interesting. Well, I, what it's showing is what meetings could have been emails, what things that were in person could have been digital. <clears throat> we're all starting to get a reality yeah. Back there. Yeah, both uh, the go-to Zoom, WebEx kind of meeting, but also just working, you know, getting in the car and driving 20 minutes to a conference room is way better than getting on a plane and hotels and uh, rental mm-hmm. cars too. There, there there will undoubtedly be positive things that come out of this after we get through the initial discomfort and uncertainty. And I'm, I'm glad we're already seeing what a lot of those are and what some of those could be. Um, before we wrap up, Mike Keel, I saw you joined. Um, do you have any thoughts based on the conversation? Mike is one of Tim's counterparts over at Avid Solutions. So Mike, anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as an old time sales guy, I'm sorry, I don't have the video um, on the zoom yet. I'm like, I'm going to post something about the death of the belly to belly sales guy. Mm. <laughs> go, go into that a bit more. <laughs> I grew up in, um, sales by hook or crook, but, uh, it was always, Hey, the best sales guys I knew were all belly-to-belly salespeople that got right up to their customers, made relationships, developed um, credibility, and were able to make a sale, even if they may have not have had the um, optimum system. So this could be the death of the belly-to-belly salesman. Great point. And in fact, I, was, I didn't get to really share my insights yet, but mine is sales-oriented as well. I was talking to a handful of my customers yesterday, and the the sentiment that I was hearing from them, they're like, Chris, every sales guy is calling me or every sales <laughs> every salesperson is calling me right now for a virtual meeting. And I'm just like, okay, good to know that you're, you're already on overload with these requests coming in. And I think this is really, and this is the push I want to make. This is going to make salespeople think more digitally when they don't necessarily need to be thinking digitally. Even like going on your point with the belly to belly salesperson, people should have been doing this for years. Like salespeople aside from myself should be out there posting content, sharing videos, throwing events like this. 
So I think we're going to see a shift in the way salespeople, to echo your point, Mike, the way salespeople interact with uh, with their clients. Yeah, it's really hard to have a turkey, uh, you know, fry your turkeys, go on a deer hunt, go fishing virtually. It's really tough. <laughs> yeah. A lot of those things are going to go by the wayside. They really yeah. are. And we already, I mean, with the policies large companies have in place, we've already seen some of that end. It's really, That's you know, true. companies can get away with that, but large companies kind of have those things in place already. So it's going to be really interesting what's ahead. And that brings us to the end. We almost, we almost nailed it right in the hour. We're just a little bit over. A couple things before we wrap up. If you have suggestions for future calls, because I'd like to make them a little more topic-based in the future as well. I wanted to get a general sentiment. I still want to encourage the discussion but this seemed like a good spot to start with just getting a feel for what's going on in the industry. If you have a drink, if you wouldn't mind holding it up one more time or a thumbs up or whatever, I'll take one more screen. Three, two, cheers. One. All right. Excellent. We got a couple shots from this. Randy, we got you mid drink. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, Did Shelf have his bourbon up? Nope. I'm on the low carb beer right now, Mike. <laughs> what are you getting your steps or what, Tim? Well, this is this is a beer-sponsored show. <laughs> it is, it is. There's there's that element to it. It's all about being able to make the conversations more approachable. And I appreciate how open everyone was today on this call. Um, if you don't mind, one thing I will probably do with this, if the audio was good enough, I'll publish this as a bonus episode of the podcast because I think people would love to tune in and hear hey, what did 10 people, 10, 11, 12 people from across the industry have to say about what's going on and what are they excited for ahead? So if anyone's opposed to that, just let me know. But other than that, that is, that's all I had. So if anyone ever has other closing comments, I would do want to raise a glass to you one more time to stay innovative and stay thirsty. Thanks for being a part of this virtual event. And all right. Uh, Hey, take care. Great job. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Be safe. Take care, everybody. Catch you later. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. And a big thanks to everyone in the Manufacturing Happy Hour industry community that contributed to today's conversations. I hope you enjoyed what you had to hear. If you want to be a part of discussions like this in the future, whether that's on a Zoom call like the one that we had today in a virtual event or whether that's just online on LinkedIn, there is a way to become a part of that community. You just need to go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash community where you can be a part of conversations like this on a regular basis. I do plan to host more of these virtual happy hours. This one was a pretty big success. So it would be good to do some ones that maybe have some pointed topics that stemmed from this conversation in the future. For example, maybe we'll do wartime leadership that brought up, or maybe we'll dive deeper into some of the digital solutions that we were talking about since that was a big theme throughout this conversation. Plenty of possibilities, but just make sure you're a part of the community to keep up to date on the latest events. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've been listening for a while and are enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review at iTunes. You can do that by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. It's easy to leave that five-star rating. Just hit that five-star button. But if you want to leave a review, it can be as short as one or two sentences. Really appreciate it, and it really helps put the show on the map. And with that, that is it for this week. We're going to be getting back to our regular format next week with interviews with industry leaders. So you have that to look forward to. And in the meantime, stay innovative, stay thirsty, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next time here on Manufacturing Happy Hour. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.